0: Hello, hello. It is great to be back for Book Club again. And 2022 is shaping up to be so exciting in the world of new releases. And I absolutely promise I'm going to be getting back into the the literary fiction very, very soon. But one of my favorite indulgences over that kind of summer period is to read a little bit more widely than I necessarily do during the year. And that includes uh, branching out. Away from Fiction, one book that absolutely has stood out for me. I was so ex- looking forward to reading it, so exciting. And then I even got a little bonus um, push to get my hands on Brie Lee's Who Gets to be Smart. Uh, now, Brie Lee is a lawyer and a writer. Her books include the award-winning Eggshell Skull and Beauty. Her latest is Who Gets to be Smart. And Who Gets to be Smart begins in Oxford. Brie Lee is visiting a friend there on a Rhodes Scholarship And as she wanders the lanes and cobbles of Oxford's campuses, Lee thinks back to Virginia Woolf, decrying the iniquity that sees women scholars living in relative squalor compared to their male peers. Now, Woolf wrote about this inequality, positing that the solution was that women needed a room of one's own and £500 a year. Now, nearly a century later, Brie Lee realises that this is not enough that equality within the system does not address the systemic, systemic privilege and bias that props up the system, creating a framework of elitism that maintains power in the hands of a relative few. And where Wolf worries about the lack of money for women, Lee questions where that money comes from. In the money and the power that prop up the colleges, she finds a system of institutionalizing education that reinforces the very systems that fund them. It's kind of like a you know a really angry, vicious circle that um, that only benefits a few. So who gets to be smart challenges the rationale of the academy and its stranglehold on so-called intelligence. The book takes the reader on a tour through the racist legacy of Cecil Rhodes and his bequest that has founded the Rhodes Scholarship, through to more contemporary parallels of the Australian Ramsey Centre. Uh, now the Ramsey Centre's mission is to fund scholarships in Western civilization, put that in scare quotes, and highlights uh, te- that tertiary institutions are not simply neutral spaces of so-called higher learning. Uh, but active participants in a process of consolidating power through ideas. I mean, just think about what this idea of Western civilization and and whether it has meaning in our globalized world. Now, Brie Lee asks the reader to consider the concept of Kiriaki and the Kiriakal systems. And there are multiple wonderful, much better qualified explainers of Kiriaki, including Brie Lee... Uh, Beruz Bushani and Ahmed Tafijian. Uh, Ahmed Tafidjian was Beru's translator for No Friend But the Mountains. Um, and Brealey and Ahmed engage in conversation that features in Who Gets to Be Smart. And um, look, it, it's actually this was this was kind of my in. Um, shout out to our station manager here at 2SER Martin who pointed out to me that there is a little uh, cameo from Final Draft in Breeley's Who Gets to Be Smart. Breeley does a Bree does actually quote. From an interview that I did with Ahmed Tafidji, and way back, going back about two or three years ago, when um, when No Friend But the Mountains first came out, so that was I was a, I was a little bit chuffed that that popped up in there. But back to the Kiriakal system. <laughs> My understanding of kyriarchy is that it is interrelated systems within our social world that work to keep us off balance and subservient, therefore controlling us indirectly. Kyriarchy is what's playing on your fears of job insecurity and worries about getting a home loan. Even as you strive to show that you've got an insta-perfect life and you want to send your kid to the best school, Kiriaki relies on multiple intersecting systems that worsen as you move away from, I guess, the most white-bred example. The The different layers of disadvantage affect different people, but they all work to keep us down. Kiriaki is particularly cruel if you're not part of the dominant religion, or if you speak another language, or you just don't look like your neighbour. And Who Gets to be Smart explores myriad ways in which knowledge is held and denied and its heart is the way the systems of power work to keep us always kind of further down whilst looking up. It asks us to question why we're so fractured and why we view potential friends and allies as competition whilst we raise up our relative oppressors as paragons. Throughout Who Gets to be Smart, Lee explores the various mechanisms of centralizing power through smarts. We're treated to the dubious history of intelligence and intelligence testing. It's a system that has sought to simplify something so complex as our minds and sort us all into our places. You should really look like you should absolutely look into that. School systems and the ongoing battle for funding in Australia also come under the microscope. And as the training grounds, I guess, for the type of institutionalized thinking the book discusses, they're incredibly unequally served. Lee gives us the numbers on this inequity between public and private and different parts of the country and explores how, as a country, you know, a country we pride ourselves on having an egalitarian spirit, we also commit to Olympic-level mental gymnastics to justify this inequality. Who Gets to Be Smart is an important book for a world that feels forever to be dividing itself along ideological lines, because it seeks to examine how those ideologues got where they are and what maintains their status. It puts in the reader's hands a guide to pulling back the curtain, So, today on Book Club, we talked Brie Lee's Who Gets to Be Smart. It is absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having me back for Book Club, and I cannot wait to join you again next week with some new Australian fiction. Till then, happy reading, and bye for now.